0: It's Thursday, June eleventh. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Mark Reith, and joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser, and on His first ever Market Foolery from Motley Fool Inside Value. It's John Rotanti. Welcome, John. Oh, Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank Good you. to see you in here, buddy. How's it going? I'm doing well. Good, good doing to have well. you. Well,
1: thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, uh, we got plenty to talk to today. Uh, talk about today, including Nike's new deal and some big retail numbers. But we begin in retail itself with Men's Warehouse. Jason, Men's Warehouse just announced its first quarter. It looked pretty good overall.
2: Yeah, I mean when you when you beat expectations, you reiterate guidance for the full year. Uh, the market's going to give you a good old pat on the back, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it's doing for for Men's Warehouse today. Stock is up uh, a little bit, and you know it's had a very good year thus far. It's up yeah. around forty percent this year. Uh, you know they are just finishing sort of the integration of that Joseph A Bank uh, acquisition last year, and, and I do know that you know one of the strategies they're taking with Joseph A Bank is to pull back on the you know buy one suit get fifty right. shirts free and a pair of shoes and you know so I, I think they're trying they're trying to think to to maybe pull back on that and, and make it a little bit more of a uh, a reasonable sort of of retail approach there because I'm not I'm not sure how you know, when you see things like that, I don't know that it really communicates value. I was right. Say, I yeah, I'm, I'm getting is.
0: three suits for under $100. I, I don't expect them to be Armani.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess value is the wrong word, but quality maybe is the better word. And so I, I think they want to try to communicate a, a little bit of a better quality. But, um, you know, I, I look at that acquisition. And it, I kind of feel like, I mean, that was a good acquisition, I right. thought, because when you, it was like Sirius uh, Radio and XM mm-hmm. uh, coming together. I felt like you had two. Players in the space—they were the names that you knew. Neither was really all that compelling uh, on their own, but but together, I think they can do uh, good things. And and so, I I do think that merger is going to work out okay. Um, You have to be encouraged, I think, with the—they signed a deal with Macy's uh, to to operate 300 tuxedo shops and and online rentals. Uh, This is right in their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when you get married. Chances are you're you're gonna need a tux and you're gonna need a bunch of tuxes for the guys in your wedding with you and True. uh True. So prom nights yeah, for, for, night, for John, for instance, <laughs> because he's just out of high school. But I think that's I think that's another uh another positive there that they, they should they should do very well with that. So yeah, it's it's still not the most compelling business in the world to me. I mean it's not like it generates these boatloads of free cash flow, but but I applaud them on on uh, you know, Continuing to perform and integrating that acquisition nicely.
0: Absolutely. Uh, one of the things we have to talk about is Z Taylor's, oh, yeah. which you and I had chatted about. I don't know. Have we talked about it, you, it on the show?
2: Well We talked. Chris. Chris and I talked about it. I think a little while back. Have mm-hmm. you seen this? Uh huh. So. So go ahead go ahead and talk about it. Well, Z
0: tailor I mean you know it better than I do, but the concept is that uh the founder of Men's Warehouse, George Zimmer, Zimmerman, whatever his last Zimmerman, name I in, him, yeah. uh, has created this uh service called Z Tailors, which will send a tailor to your home to help you tailor up whatever suits I, you have I there. I did read about this, I, yeah. I think he called it the Uber of <laughs> Uber <laughs> of, of suits. Which is suits, just right? how <laughs> everyone tailoring. describes their startups <laughs> yeah. these days. It's the Uber of insert oh, service here. Uh, do you think A Z Taylor's poses a real threat to a men's warehouse?
2: I, you know, I, I don't because I think primarily that market that he's focused on is the, you know, that's that's just the alterations market. Right, the so if so, if someone you know has a collection of suits and and they've you know lost a bunch of weight or they just need to have some alterations done, whatever they may be, uh, you know, that that would be a way to facilitate that process because the one thing we talked about was like if you have if you have to go to a, ta- I mean, nobody really, I think, wants to go to a tailor to get their clothes off, right? Tailor's and,
0: nothing like mine, then. He's fantastic. <laughs> oh, you have a cigar, a scotch, you have a great time.
2: <laughs> well, then I think he maybe is a little bit more than a tailor. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> ask it me.
0: is an important relationship in my life. <laughs> it sounds. Don't question,
2: <laughs> but I think you know with a, with, when you when you look at that at that sort of transaction there. I mean, you you more or less have to go twice. You have to take your stuff there, and then right. you have to you know go back and get it again, and and so you know this plays right into just sort of that whole. A uh, convenience thing that we're seeing e-commerce bringing to to us all, and and I, I think that he'll do very well with that. I can't wait to see what his tagline is for
0: it. You know, I mean, I'm gonna like you're gonna like the way you look now. Yeah, <laughs> I guarantee it. Something like that. Uh, let's move right along uh, and talk about Krispy Kreme, which reported earnings uh, late Wednesday. It looked like a bit of a mixed report. John, what's your take on things?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the market liked it. The stock's up today, a twelve or Mm thirteen percent. I think for three main reasons: they raised guidance, mainly because of a reduced share count, so they're buying back stock. Uh, The restaurant level margins are up because they're pulling back on their discounting, and then um, they have about fifty million dollars of more in cash than debt. And management indicated they're going to keep buying back stock. And in the short term, Wall Street likes. Earnings growth, stock buybacks. So
2: pulling back on discounting, they are, you know, that's what it was like buy one donut, get five free. They were kind of doing the Joseph A. Bank thing for a
0: while there. Exactly (laughs) right. You got to love that. Yeah. Uh, So then what's up next for Krispy Kreme, John? Uh, We look around, we're actually just talking uh, about this service to your doorstep these days. Even Dunkin' Mm -hmm. Donuts is getting in on that act. They're testing out delivering their donuts. They've got some moves on mobile. How does a company like Krispy Kreme compete with that?
1: Krispy Kreme, uh, I would say, is maybe a little bit further behind the uh, digital movement. They mm. are investing heavily in, in uh, technology, but right now, what they're focused on, as far as I can tell, is pulling back on these discounts. You know, the last few years, Dunkin' Donuts has been able to raise prices, and mm. those, pri- those price increases are sticking. Mm. Uh, Krispy Kreme is, has been trying to drive tra- traffic into their stores by offering promotions. They're pulling back on that. And they're also uh, expanding internationally. So I think those are the two big areas of focus for Krispy Kreme right now.
0: Strictly speaking, taste wise, Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts, John?
1: Uh. Donut, uh, donut wise, uh, I'm gonna have to go with Dunkin' only because I spent four years in New York and there was basically a Dunkin' on every every corner.
2: Absolutely, (laughs) you need to go get you some Sugar Shack down here. Sugar Shack. I want to take option number three. That'll wind me up. (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: a Chris Hill favorite. They are good. I'll
1: quickly mention that Krispy Kreme is getting into the coffee space. They were they were also late to the space there, and that's a higher higher margin business. So that may that may help them out going forward as well.
0: They're getting that out in grocery stores, right? Uh, I think I've seen bags in the grocery grocery stores. Grocery stores, Mm
1: -hmm. but also they're doing lattes in the stores now Ah. to help drive traffic.
0: Definitely something to watch Smart for. Yeah. All right. Since we're talking about retail, let's talk about retail's biggest number. Uh, retail sales in the U.S. grew in May. Uh, they rose 1.2%, which is actually pretty impressive uh, considering that in April they were only up 0.2%. Uh, but back in March, they were up 1.5%. This is all, this is a three month uh, run that retail sales are having, Jason. And this is all good news considering how poorly retail sales did in the winter.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it was a, a tentative winter, I guess, where where the you know overall consumers were just uh, I think a little bit wary of, of their financial situation, and and so you know we're in the face of low fuel costs, mm. no inflation, mm. uh, wages are going unemployment up, unemployment is 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 on the men, right. wages are going up even even just incrementally, and so I think that when you have you know when you have signs like this, that is going to create a, a bit of a more optimistic consumer, and, and I think that. Uh, you know that's what we're seeing now it seems like uh, you know, a lot of people getting out there to Home Depot and Lowe's doing a lot of uh, you know home improvement projects and, mm. and so that's good um, obviously retail sales are a tremendous driver of our economy around two-thirds of, of uh, our of our economy today and, and so uh, it's it's nice to see things like this I think the question it begs really is at some point you know in the face of all this positive data mm. you know when is the Fed Going to consider, you know, just bumping interest rates up even just a little bit because right. I mean it has to happen sooner or later, right?
0: We got the meeting next week, right? I'm uh, not sure I have to Check that. Uh, I don't. I don't pay too much attention to those meetings. So you're right, it, it'll be interesting, John. Uh, what's your take on that? It, as Jason said, retail sales are incredibly important to U.S. GDP. Uh, everything is looking up, but with that positivity comes this dose of negativity of our rates going to increase, and is that going to turn everything around? In a uh, bad way,
1: you know. Right now, I think retail sales may be uh, more important than ever because not only are they two thirds of the of the U.S. economy, but U.S. corporations are underinvesting in capex right now. Mm-hmm. And so, if we're gonna, you know, get out of this growth funk that we're in, uh, it's really gonna be driven by the consumer. And uh, you know, I'm looking at names that uh, I think are gonna benefit from that, whether it's a, something like a Costco or a Visa and a Mastercard.
2: Nice. I like those. I like the just generally uh, retail agnostic. They're going to benefit regardless of of the concept Visa,
0: MasterCard, American Express, all great ones. Yeah. John, crushing your first show so far. (laughs) (laughs) Let's keep the good times rolling. Uh, Lululemon, uh, there was an announcement the other day that Dennis Chip Wilson, the founder of Lululemon, uh, will be selling his entire 20.1 million share stake in the company that is. Fourteen percent of outstanding shares of Lululemon. Real quick, John, is this a good thing or a bad thing for shareholders?
1: Uh, you know, he he was the the visionary, and he got it to where it is now. But he's been kind of a thorn in the side, yeah, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> to say the least, uh, he's you know he's opened his mouth a few too many times, and so I think you know just putting this chapter of the. Of the story behind them will be will be good long term. I don't think he's doing a lot with with design
0: and and right. He's not very involved in the day to day these days. Ex- exactly. Right. Jason, so, you yeah, like
2: it? I, I, I do. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if you're a uh, Lauren Potdevin, the CEO of Lululemon today, you've got to be. You know, at least under your breath saying, Thank God this guy's getting out of here because I don't want to <laughs> You know, he doesn't want to deal with it anymore. He, right. as we said, he doesn't really have anything to do with the day to day or the design or anything like that. But but he is he, he is seemingly a perpetual headline and not in the good way. Right. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I think this is this is definitely a good thing for the long term success of this business. I mean, Pot Devin's one of those guys that I would put on, on the block is one of the CEOs of the year because of what he's been able to do to turn this company around and bring it back into uh, you know, sort of a positive light for mm. the consumer and they seem to be doing a lot of good things and i suspect they'll have a good rest of the year
0: here's open all right let's wrap things up with nike uh, the nba announced on wednesday that it has signed an apparel deal with nike beginning in 2017 in the 2018 nba season nike will be making all of the apparel for nba players that you're going to see out there they take over for adidas which decided not to re-up their deal this is pretty impressive. From Nike. Nike now uh, creates the apparel both for the NBA, or it will coming uh, twenty seventeen. It also creates the apparel for the NFL. Uh, it got that deal in twenty twelve. It's got those rights until twenty nineteen. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, John, are you excited to see NBA uh, Nike apparel out there?
1: Sure. You know, <laughs> this is uh, this is just another example of of, of Nike's dominance. Mm-hmm. They're a one of the most recognized brands in the world, they have global scale and they're and they're going to continue to um, continue to grow. Even though uh, companies like Under Armour are are definitely uh, a real uh, a real threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um,
0: Under Armour just up and coming. They actually took over for Adidas as the second highest uh, athletic apparel sales seller, I guess, in the world uh, just this last year. Uh, Jason, and you see Stephen Curry, he's wearing Under Armour. He's got an Under Armour contract. LeBron James has a Nike t- contract. <laughs> Who do you think's going to win?
2: Well, the the Under Armour shareholder in me is rooting for a Golden State, mm. but you know, ultimately, I'm pretty indifferent. I, you know, these are these these big league contracts are are good. I mean, they're they're investments in the brand, pure and simple. Right. And, and then you have you know investments in the individual, whether it be Curry for Under Armour, uh, Tom Brady for Under Armour. Tiger Woods and Nike, uh, you know, those are all just investments in the brand. It's getting that brand out there so that you know customers, consumers like us, see it. Um, and, and yeah, I mean the ubiquity of Nike's brand is—it's been around forever. And I don't think that's ever going to change, really. Um, you know, I, I look towards the, the the upcoming generations, and I'm talking about like my kids—they're ten and eight years old. And you know, I see at their school. I mean, it's just under armor everywhere. Mm-hmm. You don't really see that swoosh so much anymore. Got, got so I've got my think under Armour shoes on right now. Well, there you now. go. I've that. got my under
0: armor shoes oh, too. Whoa. See, yeah, it, there whoa. Right there. <laughs> bringing it in. But I like uh, it. yeah, I mean
2: I think I think that, you know, it's not like a one loses and one wins, right? I think you're looking at really two companies there Nike and Under Armour that are gonna be big winners here for times uh, for for many years to come. And um, I one thing I thought was kind of interesting here though, is that it it, it sounds like the NBA is talking about allowing uh, other sponsors on the jerseys. Oh no, something like NASCAR cars. Yeah, something like you would see in soccer. And so, I mean, I think you know, it was the NBA commissioner Adam Silver said yes. I think we'll see that in the NBA. So if I'm Nike, I'm I'm kind of hating that, right? I mean, right. even if they're getting a little bit of a cut on that, which I don't know that they would. I mean, it really, really takes away from from that brand. It's true, and uh, so that'll be sort of interesting to keep an eye on there because uh, if that happens. Man, I just I gotta believe Nike wouldn't be too fond
0: of that. I don't, I don't think so, <laughs> uh, John. Real quick, who do you think's gonna win? Stephen Curry, LeBron James?
1: Uh, in the game, I'm gonna go with LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like Jason said, as far as an investing uh, perspective goes, I don't think this is necessarily either or. I think they are two really good companies that both have long-term growth opportunities ahead of them with well, good, with solid management.
0: Well yep. said. All right, Jason Moser, and especially John Rotante. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks, fools. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Mark Reith. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.